This is Healthcare Now Radio's Trending Now. I'm your host, Jared Johnson. Join me and my guests as we discuss the latest topics that are in the news or getting social media traction in the universe of healthcare and health IT. It's a fast-paced 30 minutes, so sit back and listen as we kick off the show with what's on trend now. Today, I'm speaking with Lars Torting, VP of Marketing and Public Affairs at Innovative Health. Lars, welcome to Trending Now. Thank you very much, Jared. Lars, what, let's help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us whatever you'd like them to know about you and your background? Yeah, very happy to. First of all, I was born and raised in Denmark, which is why you'll sometimes hear that I don't sound entirely native. My first career was in academia, which took me to teach at colleges in Denmark, in Ireland, and then in Arizona, where I ended up. I spent some time in consulting for big biotech and uh, pharmaceutical companies, and ended up a healthcare executive in the medical device industry. I've been doing that for uh, many years now, since 2005. Currently serve, as you said, as a vice president of marketing and public affairs with Innovative Health. It's a medical device reprocessing company, which I believe, Jared, that we'll get to talk a little bit about. Personally, very, very passionate about fixing what's wrong in healthcare, specifically unsustainable spending and a massive negative harm on the um, on the environment. Yeah, I can't wait to dig in on that. These are such big issues that sometimes I think it scares people to not only talk about them, but to realize that there's something we can all do about it. So yeah, I'm really excited to dive into that. One thing we'd like to ask is a piece of career advice. A lot of times we're guided by things that have just stuck with us over the years, something that that somebody's either mentioned, sometimes it's meant to be a big piece of advice, sometimes someone says something to us or shares it with us and they don't even realize that it's guided us along our path. Is there anything that comes to mind when I ask, like, what's one of those pieces of career advice that you've received that has stuck with you over the years? Yeah, you know, Jared, so you had forewarned me about that question, and it was actually a little bit of a tough one for me, because I've heard all the, the career advice, right? You know, work hard, be the first to the office, dress for your next job, not your current, et cetera, et cetera. I think if there is one thing, though, that has kind of guided me, it's, uh, it's a very simple one, a very simple career advice. Be nice. And especially when you're in healthcare, be nice means don't create conflict situations where they're not necessary because the thing is, healthcare is a very small world. And then the person whose uh, feet you're stepping on one day, you're running into them again sometime in the future. So that's what's meant something for me, Jared. Be nice. Oh, it's very true. As many people as there are that work in healthcare, it is a very, very small world. So that, that is, that's important. I mean, it's great advice as human beings. And then, yeah, you take into account the fact of, of where we're working. That's absolutely essential. Yeah, you should always be nice, forward. right? But it actually has a very functional effect in healthcare, you know, protect yourself. So Yeah, I agree. And right, and why make that harder for ourselves or for anybody else? You know, just guide, you know, be guided by that. And, and that, I mean, can't go wrong. So right. perfect. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. One thing we'd like to start off with on the show is a trending topic. There's been a lot written about this topic. You mentioned kind of the oversized and unsustainable spending in healthcare. There was one article recently that was in Forbes. It was called Why Healthcare's Spending's Tipping Point is in Sight. And it was by Dr. Christopher Crow. He was the CEO of Catalyst Health Group. And it points to some interesting some interesting things here. And I, I just wonder what, what your take is in general on the unsustainable costs of healthcare in the U.S. It is my job to address specifically that. I don't think I have to add much to what lots of journalists and radio hosts are already writing about and talking about, namely that uh, healthcare spending in the United States is uh, unsustainably high. It's increasing every year. It's disproportional to our population when you compare the United States with other developed countries. 
in many ways, I think it's been said again and again, our healthcare is more expensive and lesser quality than most of the countries we typically compare ourselves with. So I work in the medical technology space, right? And I think that one of the first things, one of my major takes, if you will, to your question, Jared, is that healthcare spending is going up every year. And it's not really because the doctors are making more money. It's not really because the hospitals are raking in massive profits. It's everything around the providers themselves that are making it more expensive, specifically the cost of supplies. In the healthcare universe, there are some very, very large corporations that supply the vast majority of medical devices, pharmaceuticals, equipment, et cetera, to hospitals. And those organizations are growing very, very fast and becoming very, very big. In the medical technology space where I reside, if you will, every the, the cycle is this. Every year, the large manufacturers aim to launch new technologies that are better somehow, not always better in the sense that patients get better results, but they're more technically advanced, they're better in this and that way. And guess what? These new technologies that come out, they're always more expensive than the technologies that, that, that were sold the past year. So it's just an endless upward spiral of innovation, price increases, and revenue increases on the, the part of what we call the medtech sector. There are other things you could grab a hold on there, Jared, under the bigger umbrella question of what makes healthcare spending unsustainable in the United States. But it's certainly one of the bigger pieces to grab a hold of. Yeah, agreed. I found it interesting in the in this article in particular, they did mention some of those big numbers we always hear, right? That in 2021, American healthcare costs topped $4.3 trillion. By 2028, that number's supposed to surpass $6 trillion. So a nearly 50% increase just in seven years. Those, but, but those numbers are so big, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to break it. It's hard to even fathom it. Right. And when you take a look, and I've spent the time looking at stock prices and earnings of the large corporations in the surrounding the hospitals, if you will, versus the hospitals, I don't think you can open a journal today and not read a story about another hospital system that has lost millions and millions of dollars, sometimes billions of dollars uh, in their last financial year. And then you compare that with the large medtech corporations increasing sales by typically 15 20% per year. Uh, now, Jared, most hospitals work with an operating margin of around, it used to be 2% or less, now it's probably closer to zero. There's not a lot of money to be made there, and that's not the culprit of healthcare spending today either. It does start with the provider, right? And the provider being the hospital, for example, constantly buying new technologies, but there's some interesting dynamics around that that are difficult to to grab and fix. Yeah, agreed. I like the fact that they were acknowledging that the spending, it isn't just caused by one thing, nope. but it's also not as hard to understand as you might think. When you hear a number of like $4.3 trillion, it's like, wow, can I even understand that? Actually, we, we, we kind of can. We, we can. we can start to think through all of the areas that are driving up the costs, especially the ones you've already mentioned. It's not a surprise. I don't think anyone out there is going to be like, oh, wow, yeah, that's a surprise. We're spending so much. That part is the obvious part. The less obvious part is what parts do providers control there, right? I know you've, you've shared before, you know, providers control two things there, labor and supply. Can you, can you talk to me about that part? Yeah, because so, so the, you asked the interesting question before, or you pointed out before, Jared, that these numbers are so big and this problem is so big, that's not difficult to understand. What's difficult to get to is what on earth are we going to do about it, right? And if you are a provider, if you are a hospital, 
you're not controlling the reimbursement level. You're not controlling your payer mix. There's a lot of things you're not controlling. So if you're a chief financial officer at a hospital and you look at what can I actually control to make sure that my service lines remain profitable, and I don't have to shut down anything. And those two, two things are labor and they're your supplies. And today, post-pandemic, labor shortages in healthcare is another topic that, you know, it's probably worthwhile talking about, has made it very difficult for hospitals to really control labor. Most hospitals are leaned out to the point of pain in terms of staff, right? You can't just fire 10 nurses and then things are good because you need that help. So the one thing that you can go to, and, and I will say, let's, it, let's all get to being in the business of actually getting our hands dirty and fixing these problems rather than, than complaining that healthcare costs go up and up and up and up. That's certainly what fascinates and drives me, Jared, because there are things that hospitals can do. There are things that we can do about these issues, and that's around the supplies that the hospitals buy. And that's, so by the way, that, that's not just a matter of negotiating a better contract price with the suppliers or anything like that. It's about asking really for a brand new deal about how that relationship works so that the hospital does not end up year after year in this Stockholm syndrome situation where the doctors want the new technology. The med tech companies are pushing for that technology to be bought by the hospital and the materials managers are sitting there not really knowing what to, they, they can do to to fight that with more rational arguments like we cannot afford this anymore. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like that's where it devolves into so many times and we delude ourselves into thinking that. Right. I mean, and another side of this whole conversation on these unsustainable trajectory has to do with the environment as well. Uh, talk, to, talk to me about some of the negative effects that healthcare has on the environment. This is another big topic, and, and, and in many ways, and we, we should talk about that because he- heavy spending and negative impact on the environment actually, interestingly, have something to do with each other. But here's the numbers to begin with, right? Healthcare globally is responsible for almost 5% of all carbon, uh, carbon emissions in the world, and 80% of that comes from the supply chain. So let's look at that for a second. So hospitals obviously have operations that you know release carbon, and so forth. But that's not the big impact. The big impact is the stuff that the hospital buys that arrives at the hospital's loading dock. And then the hospital is used as pharmaceuticals, instruments, capital equipment, furniture, cafeteria, food, all of those things. That's where the big carbon emission footprint from healthcare is coming from. We call that scope three emissions. Emissions not really related to the operation of the hospital itself, but related to what they buy. And it's a quagmire for hospitals to figure out how to attack that because they're as interested as everybody else in being good corporate citizens and reduce their environmental footprint. But there's just no accountability in place for them to go to the suppliers and say, hey, show me your your carbon footprint impact. I want to see some documentation here. It's very difficult to provide and and even more difficult for the hospitals to, uh, to to start counting. When I speak with hospitals about these things, I, I often talk to sustainability coordinators. There's one at each, each hospital today. And they'll tell me that my biggest problem is I can't get numbers. So I can't see how I can help it. I can't start addressing it. I can't say this is what I want to reduce. I want to point a point. I said that there's a connection between the environmental harm of healthcare and then costs, right? There's a concept that I like to throw at you, Jared, and see what you, what you think about. Healthcare has a fascination with single use. There's a single use mindset dominating how everybody in a hospital is thinking about how to use stuff. What I mean by that is that we're used to thinking in healthcare, the more you throw away, the better. The more you throw away, rather, the safer we are, right? If I've touched a patient with something, if I throw it away, 
there's no cross-contamination risk. I want a pair of gloves with one patient. I'll take those off and throw them away and then grab a new pair of gloves. And those things make sense. We, The pandemic really, Jared, taught us certain things about what I'll call the single-use mindset, right? And that happened when that nurse came back the next morning for another shift at the hospital and had to, to grab a pair of gloves out of the garbage bag. That made people think about, is this really right? We're throwing so much away. If you've ever seen an operating room, Garrett, being broken down after a procedure, it is sack after sack that is carried out of there and thrown away. And, and so the mind shift has, has to change. A good example of this is the predominance of single-use devices in healthcare. That is medical technology companies producing instruments, devices, catheters, and so forth, and marking them single-use. So that tells the hospital when you've used this on one patient in one instance, you have to throw it away afterwards. There's massive uh, carbon footprint associated with that, but there's also massive spending associated with that. So the single-use mindset, if you can grab that and fix that, you're addressing both environmental harm and overspending in hospitals. Got it. And it, these are two big important pieces of this puzzle here. Fantastic. Uh, if you're just now tuning in, I'm Jared Johnson, and you're listening to Trending Now on Healthcare Now Radio. I'm speaking with Lars Torting, VP of Marketing and Public Affairs at Innovative Health. Let's get back into this. We were just speaking about how addressing the single-use mentality can help address two of the biggest challenges in healthcare, which are unsustainable costs and an unsustainable effect on the environment. Your organization, Innovative Health, repurposes medical devices. Can you tell us about that process and how it works? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit of a, a secret industry, right? It's not something that most people know about. Here's the quick, quick version. I was just explaining how manufacturers, often manufacturers of medical equipment, will launch devices with a label on that says single use only. That means that that device, after being used once, has to be thrown away. There is an FDA mechanism by which you can go in and you can actually get FDA clearance to collect those single-use device instruments, clean them, test them, inspect them, sterilize them, and then sell them back to the hospital for a lower cost. So that breaks that lock of the single-use mindset, right? So I'll give you an example. Most of the work we do is in cardiology, in atrial fibrillation or AFib procedures, which is one of the fastest growing procedure areas in this country, a lot of devices are used. In an AFib procedure, typically more than $10,000 worth of devices are being used, and they're all single use. One of those catheters or devices used is an ultrasound catheter. A new ultrasound catheter is purchased from the manufacturers for about $2,500. What our company does is we have an FDA clearance to go in and collect these ultrasound catheters after they've been used once, take them back to our plant in Scottsdale, Arizona, clean them, test them, inspect them, sterilize them, and then we're able to provide them back to the hospital for about half the price. So right there, through the reuse of one single-use catheter, procedure cost went down by about $1,250. And that makes a huge wow. difference. And by the way, since we're talking about the environment as well, scientific studies show that the environmental footprint in terms of carbon emissions of a reprocessed device is less than half of the carbon footprint of a new device. That adds up really fast. <laughs> that adds up very fast. We work yeah. with hospitals that reduce their carbon footprint by more than 10,000 pounds per year. My goodness. This re- it's, it's fascinating. Like This really is... A kind of a secret industry, like you said, you know, it's something that at least you know it doesn't. It should 
we should be hearing about it even more often, I feel like. I mean, what I understand is that, and it was like 20-ish years ago, that the FDA created a, a pathway for this to to be possible for for single use devices to be reprocessed and reused. Is this something that the industry can can use more? I was wondering, like, like how did how did that help usher in the way of what you, what your organization is able to do today? Because it sounds like that pathway has been around for a while. Yeah, Jared. So that was around 2000 that regulation came in place to make this possible, and. At the beginning, frankly, and this may not surprise any any of the listeners either, doctors were not really happy about this idea. It says single use on it. You want me to grab a device that somebody has eventually has, has essentially taken out of the garbage, taken home, cleaned it, and then bring it back. You want me to do surgery with that? There was a lot of suspicion, right, and what we call the yuck factor associated with using reprocessed devices. Twenty years later, right, the safety record of reprocessed devices is actually better than the safety record of new devices. There is no evidence whatsoever that there is increased increased risk of patient harm in that. The clearance that we as a reprocessor get from FDA says two things. It says this device is substantially equivalent to the new device. It means it it does the same thing. And there is no added uh, patient risk involved. It has taken a lot of time, again, the last 20-something years, for this to become more of a mainstream activity. And although we're saying it's a little bit of a secret industry, 85 to 90% of all hospitals use reprocessed devices. So it's not, it's, it's a very common thing. We work with Mayo, we work with Stanford, you know, give me one of the big names, Jared, they're reprocessing devices. Uh, they're not reprocessing themselves, they're asking us or others in the industry to do it. But I will say this also in answer to your question. So last year, healthcare saved around $400 million dollars from reprocessing single-use devices. But if you count up the amount of devices used and the devices that there are FDA clearances to reprocess, that number could be almost $2 billion more. So in other words, yeah, healthcare is starting to do more of these things, but there's $2 billion left on the table. So hospitals, providers, maybe we should look at that $2 billion as one of the pathways to addressing uh, the massive cost of healthcare. $2 billion, incidentally, is not a lot in, to- in terms of fixing that problem, right? But that's, again, where you, you know, you'd want to go back to that single-use mindset and somehow tell the manufacturers, stop making single-use devices, start making devices that can be reused somehow. Either work with the reprocessor or make you know disposable devices that the hospital can clean in their central sterile department. Because the, the massive amount of single-use devices is a threat to the sustainability of, of hospitals. It's not academic, Jerry. There, there are hospitals that shut down every week in the United States. There are hospitals that, because of all these cost of devices and an AFib procedure, close down their service lines because they're just not profitable. Guess what? Now those patients are not getting treated, which is why financial sustainability in healthcare is not really about hospitals making a profit or not. It's really about making sure that, that patients can access care. So let's not talk about money. Let's talk about grandma, right? It needs an AFib procedure done to her. If the service line has been closed down at her closest hospitals, maybe, maybe she can't get that. So what's the goal of all this work then, Lars? Is, is there a point where we'll be able to get to where we can repurpose enough devices to have a lasting impact on the environment? Where can this take us? Well, so it's, a, it's, a long, it's a long journey, right, Jared, first of all, because the problem is so massive, but that should not prevent us from addressing it. So I think 
first of all, the potential in terms of cost savings and a little bit of a mindset change in healthcare is certainly possible. And there has no, there has never at any time in history, I think, been more tailwinds behind the idea that hospitals have to become more fiscally sound in their purchasing. There's never been more tailwinds in terms of, you know, becoming more environmentally responsible. Everybody wants to talk about that in healthcare today as well. Now it's time to act, right? Once again, if hospitals start asking manufacturers about new technology, not just is it better, but does it enable us to provide better care to more patients? Is it a more valuable solution than the one you presented to us last year? What's the environmental footprint? Can I reuse this device? Those are questions that are not really being asked today. And if those questions start to become something that shapes the behavior of manufacturers, then you'll see some real change. Uh, once again, when it comes to especially the more, the more complex medical devices used in hospitals, they have massive, massive footprint, a uh, carbon footprint because of the manufacturing process and because of all the plastics and other stuff used in them. Every time we can reuse one of those catheters, half the, half the carbon uh, emissions footprint, right? That can run up in some pretty big numbers. We work with hospitals, again, that reduce carbon footprint by more than 10,000 pounds per year from reprocessing in cardiology. We work with hospitals that reduce their cost by more than a million dollars a year. That's a million dollars a year, Jared, through reprocessing. And reprocessing, honestly, is really just, it's just a small fix on a bigger problem, right? My industry shouldn't exist. We've medical device manufacturers took it seriously and listened enough to providers who are saying we need to be able to reuse these devices, then my company wouldn't exist. And that would be a great thing. That would be. That would be. And there aren't many industries that can say that, you know, that, that we shouldn't exist, that we'd be, if we get to that better place, then there's less of a need for it. But that's, that's part of this here. And it's true. This isn't one giant fix to solve everything, but this can make a big difference the, the further we go down this road. So I, I love this. What else would you like our listeners to know that we haven't already discussed? I do want to reemphasize, Jared, that we can talk about hospitals operating at a loss. We can talk about the cost of healthcare. And America is a highly developed society. It shouldn't be cost first that we discuss. It really should be about, again, do we provide the best care possible to as many patients possible, right? A lot of, of the decision about what is being used, what technologies are being bought in healthcare is still driven by doctors who are fascinated with the newest instrumentation, right? And so we end up in a situation where the wrong questions are being asked and the wrong dialogue is in place. There's a big, there's a big trade show every year. It's called Heart, Heart Rhythm Society. It took place last month in, in New Orleans. And you walk around and listening to people, you go to some of the sessions. It's all about new technology. It's never about what does it cost? It's never about if, I, if we start using this new technology, do my costs go up so much that I have to make the assessment that this patient that I'm trying to schedule for next week, who's obese, who's 80, this procedure will take nine hours. I start losing money after five hours, so I'm going to cancel that procedure. This is a decision that is made every single day in American hospitals. We don't want to talk about it. But it, it happens because responsible people need to make sure that their service lines stay, stay alive. So my point is this. Let the discussion be about the real things. Let it be about are we making sure that everybody who needs care gets care and gets the best care possible. Let it not be about does this technology allow you to see something in four dimensions instead of three if it isn't really necessary. Let it not be about 
this is the newest ultrasound machine, so I really need it. The discussion has to change. The dialogue has to change. It has to be about the patients. It has to be about cost sustainability. It has to be about environmental responsibility. We're already behind it, and not just in terms of you know the proportional value of American healthcare, but things like environmentally preferred purchasing, things like carbon emission goals for healthcare, even the adoption of reprocessing is much much further ahead uh, among some of the economies in Europe that we that we compare ourselves with. One other thing I wanted to mention is this single-use mindset in healthcare. Everybody that's listening can approach this as well. You may not be able to demand what instruments are being used on you in a hospital, but we also have a single-use mindset at home in everything we do. And it really is a double whammo we achieve once we start addressing that. We spend less and we, um, we pollute less. Thanks for sharing those and, and thanks for helping us explore what's on trend today and and really shed some light on what can be done in this area. With that, that's a wrap for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Lars Torting. To learn more about Innovative Health, you can find them at www.innovative-health.com. You can also learn about today's show on our program page at healthcarenowradio.com. And make sure you follow the show's hashtag, TrendingNowHC, and follow me on Twitter at Jared Piano. Until next time, if it's happening in healthcare and it's now, it's on Trending Now. 